Welcome to another episode of Wrestling Conversations. Uh, so our guest for this episode is Kyle Peterson. So Kyle um, runs a YouTube channel where he reviews all sorts of action figures, including wrestling figures. So I try to sneak that into some of the other episodes. So uh, this episode, we're going to talk a lot about that. We also talk about um, how Kyle was introduced into uh, wrestling. He also is in the process of, of writing a book about WWE uh, Jacks Classic Superstars, which is a uh, legendary uh, wrestling figure line. So we get into his um, upcoming book. We talk a little bit of current wrestling and, and much more. So thank you for uh, giving this a listen. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Wrestling Conversations. Uh, our guest for this episode is Kyle Peterson. Kyle, how are you? Hello. Thank you for having me on the show tonight. Absolutely. In all transparency, this is take two for Kyle and I, where we had some uh, internet trouble. We got going for seven or eight minutes and had to um, abruptly pause and restart here. So um, we're gonna we're gonna try this again. But um, lots of things I wanted to kind of talk to you uh, today about Kyle. I want to talk about your YouTube show, this wrestling kind of fandom um, in general. I like. I know I mentioned uh, this to you when we had our our, uh, our first take here, but I always try to weave. Um, some figure talk into the interviews I, I do if there's anybody I have on, um, like Jeremy and Stephen from Fightfly. I know I mentioned them before too, but they are um, some guys I both had on. Stephen in particular is a is a figure guy, so I yeah. try to move that into my um, podcast interviews. So I'd, I'd like to discuss that a little bit uh, today with you. But as I just kind of way to start, um, how were you first introduced into wrestling? Yeah, I started, and it's always kind of murky for me. I've always tried to pinpoint it perfectly. I just know it was the summertime after WrestleMania three, so I was very little at the time. But obviously, coming off Andre Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania three, I want to say it was probably around August, probably around the start of school, because I remember everybody talking wrestling. Where you know, summertime is like three months; it felt like a lifetime when you're a little kid, and nobody was talking wrestling before school got out but once school started back up for whatever reason a lot of kids were talking wrestling i ended up looking into it and said okay what's this all about and the rest is history i never stopped watching wrestling from that point on sure sure and so we talked a little bit about um and our, our again our previous recording too whether figures or actually watching wrestling came first and you had mentioned that you were a figure guy first and um you really came up in the perfect the perfect time frame where right you had the ljns you had hasbro's um i am very jealous uh, of that as someone that started watching wrestling early 2000s where um you know we had the titan trons right away so that was kind of my first exposure so do you have any like any ljns or any hasbros that stand out to you as as favorite wrestling figures oh yeah so yeah i was a wrestling fan first and then into the figures from there but yeah i mean <laughs> glory days of playing as a little kid with the ljns and hasbros i mean so <laughs> many hours of my life dedicated to setting up matches having royal rumbles things like that so so many great figures my first figure I ever got from LJN was Outback Jack, of all people, who I don't even think I ever saw as a kid wrestle, but he was on the shelf. I guess we'd call him a peg warmer these days, but that was the first figure I ever got. But, I mean, just the Ultimate Warrior was a huge one from my childhood. Still to this day, I can remember getting that and how big of a deal that was in the LJN is it was extremely rare. Didn't know it at the <laughs> time, but extremely rare. Um, getting that one was such a big deal in my playing days, but you know, Andre, Axaw, Jim Duggan, Big Boss Man, I mean, Haku, <laughs> Warlord, Demolish. I mean, there were so many back then that were so great. And then into the Mattel or the uh, Hasbro days, just absolutely amazing. Uh, I'll never forget the first time going to Toys R Us. And, you know, the Toys R Us back in a lot of the Toys R Us used to walk in, take a ride, and it kind of weaved you through. And I'll never forget them having just a wall, which seemed like it was 100 feet long, but it was probably, you know, four, eight feet. When you're a little kid, it felt like yeah, 100. Sure. 
So sure. it was full of the Hasbros and I'd never seen them and there was no internet back then. So just like, what is this? Oh my gosh. And you know, going from huge LJN figures to smaller Hasbro was uh, absolutely crazy. And uh, I always say I kind of came up, at least for me personally, I always I always feel that that was the glory years of collecting wrestling figures or playing wrestling figures because I was in between LJNs and Hasbros and I got to experience both of those in my active playing days as a little kid. Sure. Yeah, that's a pretty. It's a pretty good, pretty good time. Um, what what other toy lines when you were a kid were you really into? Yeah, I mean, it all started with He Man. I think for a lot of kids my age, He Man was kind of the gateway drug into action figures, and you know, tying it into the cartoon and reenacting battles, things like that. I mean, that's some of my earliest memories in life were going to. I think it was maybe a Sears or something like that uh, with my parents, and they had He Man and Skeletor there, and getting to yeah. see them and get my picture taken with them and getting figures. And then of course, some star Wars figures around that time, obviously mm-hmm. star Wars was huge. Uh, the last movie at the time was kind of done. So star Wars was dribbling out, but it was definitely wrestling, but also GI Joe's my heaviest of heavy hitter. I mean, that was my favorite figures as a kid that and wrestling were huge, but GI Joe probably got the Duke for me as a kid in my playing days. Sure. Sure. And you know, I think, um, there was kind of a point in time for me, like growing up where, yes, I played with figures, but then it ca- got to the point where I was also collecting them too. Were you like, as a kid, were you even like, were you collecting them or were you just playing or was it some of each? You know, it's weird. Cause that's a, it's an interesting question. I guess you, I'd have to say a little bit of both. I mean, I remember going I, to children's palace was a, a place back in the day before Toys R Us was kind of in the Midwest. It was children's palace. And I remember being on my dad's shoulders as a little kid and going to like the GI Joe's and I'd be looking up at the top and he'd be down here. But I don't know if my dad gave me and my dad was a figure collector as well. So he was big into the starting lineup figures, things like that. So we'd go on a, a figure hunt. He'd get those, I'd get my stuff. So I really do think I was collecting and I was also displaying like my wrestlers, my GI Joe's. I never thought of it as displaying but when i think back it's like i didn't just throw them in a tub they weren't just like in a tub or a box when i wasn't playing with them they were displayed i had the aircraft carrier they'd always be displayed if i wasn't playing with them i'd put them back up like a kind of a diorama i guess you would say and same with my wrestlers i'd put them you know on a shelf and in the ring and just kind of ready to go so i guess i was doing both without even knowing it like with your dad being a collector, that's always, that's something my, my dad is a collector of other things. So he, he okay. kind of gets like the, the, even though he doesn't collect figures, but he's into, you know, lots of different sports things. So he kind of, um, kind of gets it. Like, did you, did you have your dad like at home displaying things too? Like, did you kind of pick up on some of his habits or was he more of a guy that was okay? You collect so, starting lineups, but they're tucked away in a toad or something like that. Oh, so yeah, my dad as a kid, they were like called Gartland USA. I mean, my dad was born in the 50s. So, I mean, this is probably early 60s, but they were like, I don't know, LJN sized statues of baseball players, things like that. And he collected those as a kid and absolutely loved them. And then I remember starting lineups came out in 1988 and I was buying wrestling figures, G.I. Joe's at the time. And we went in and he saw those and was like, oh my gosh I you know he loved sporting figures brought him back to his childhood not quite the same size or style but I remember in 1988 him saying these are god awful these don't look anything (laughs) like the characters I'm not buying these these are no way but then in 1989 he had a change of his mind I guess and started to go deep down the rabbit hole and that snowballed into us looking you know he'd wake me up it was like a childhood dream he'd wake me up on a Saturday Mm -hmm. morning okay we're going to uh, venture four Walmarts five targets KD toys like we'd hit the whole road. We'd go to a, then it'd be a toy show or a card show. I mean, I was collecting baseball cards, things like that as well. Uh, and it, we went to the starting lineup conventions and all that kind of stuff. So 
he was deep into it and we had a heck of a display. I think the displaying I do in this day and age in my house is a direct correlation of how my dad did because our basement, he he also bought a house, finished his basement and used it to display his starting lineup collection on the walls and all the walls were covered in starting lineup figures. And I used to bring my friends down when I was a kid and teenager. And I mean, it was just everybody like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. And I guess I've carried on the tradition all these years later. I have to know this. And for people that have not seen um, Kyle's um, YouTube channel too, like he has uh, several different um, tour videos that have they have had like hundreds of thousands of views on, on YouTube because it's just so impressive. Um, so if you haven't seen Kyle's videos, there is, there's figures galore in that space. Um, and maybe you're at the point where they, maybe this doesn't happen to you. And I have a collection on a, on a smaller scale than than uh, you. But I've got a, a room's worth of stuff. And if people don't know that I collect things and they walk in, that's one of my favorite things to see, like what their reaction is. Yeah. Um, do you have that ever, or is everybody that you know that comes already they already know the deal before they come in? It's funny. My daughter is 12 years old, and she just started middle school this year. So she's made, you know, in middle school, you get a bunch of kids from different elementaries into a school. So she gets new friends and all that kind of stuff. So I've seen a lot of that this year where, it, you know, she's at the age where, oh, it's not cool to, you know, whatever. But she's so quick to show them, oh, take the tour of my dad's basement. You got to see this. And everybody's always kind of jaw dropped. And even the people that have seen the tour video that have actually come over afterwards are just like, holy cow, I can't believe uh, it's just kind of one of those things. And I got a buddy at work and he always tells me, you know, you did exactly what every kid said at nine years old. When I get my own house, this is what I'm going to do. And you actually you went it. <laughs> and I did well, it. I'm awesome. very thankful to my wife. I have a very understanding wife. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, I think I when I talked to, um, I think it was Paul Bromwell that I had on the show a little while back to yep. um, he, yeah, he doesn't eat at that point. We didn't know each other like at all. It was, I had asked him to do the interview. Yeah. And we got along great. And then we had kind of talked about like some of what the figures and stuff. I'm like, it might be a surprise. I am married. And for some reason, my wife puts up with it, but I'm like, yeah, let's, um, finding a wife that puts up with the things that we like is maybe not, um, very, probably that, not that common. Well, unfortunately yeah. for many people, but that's great that uh, everyone's supportive. Yeah, every once in a while you get a comment in your YouTube, in my YouTube videos, like, oh, this guy, I bet he doesn't have a wife or a girlfriend or something like that. It's like, I've been with my wife for like 20 years. <laughs> right, right. Hey, got it, got it all then, got it all. Uh, so kind of shifting into the uh, into the channel a little bit. Um, so I know that you started your channel in, I believe it was 2020, right? Uh, was just it, like, was yeah, it, it was around, I think it was March of 2020. I think that's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought it was around then. I'm like, I don't know. So how, how did the, how did the thought come into like, yes, cause obviously you were a collector before that. Um, how did it kind of come to your mind to, to start the YouTube channel? I've, I've got kind of a wild YouTube story. I think they call it the yeah. YouTube journey, which sounds really cheesy, but it, it is. Uh, I, uh, actually never watched YouTube until I started doing it, which is really strange. I mean, the only time wow. I ever thought to go to YouTube was I'm a big, uh, music lover, concert goer and stuff. And I would use YouTube to like, oh, okay, Motorhead's on tour. Uh, let's see if there's some clips of the show. So I know we'll kind of get a peek of what I'm going to see. That's all I ever, like out of sight, out of mind. I just didn't do it. I was very focused, uh, you know, on my career and stuff, my day job, a very, uh, very busy life in that world. So I was just kind mm -hmm. of, and then obviously really small kids, you're hooked up with all that. So I just collected in silence is kind of what I guess the best you could put it. And then a good friend of the channel, David C. Anderson, as I always say, he's a, a guy that lives in my area. He uh, came over, saw the collection, all that. We've talked, we've become friends. And he's like, man, you should do a YouTube channel. It never crossed my mind. And he's like, you should do it because you should just do exactly what you do 
when we sit here and talk and you get a figure, just do that exact same thing. And that's kind of what I did. And I think that's helped me. Uh, it's all relative at the end of the day, but I didn't have any bad habits, good habits or anything. I just was me from the start on YouTube, you know, and I'm sure no different than your first podcast episode. You're like, okay, what do I do here? What? But yeah. you figure it out and you know, you get those reps in and it's all about consistency and doing it. And I didn't have like, I just said, okay, if I was going to do a review, how would I want to do it? So I do it for how I wanted to do it. And it's, it's, I guess, original compared to most people <laughs> is what I would say. No, definitely. And it's, I think there was um, really a need for more like wrestling content too. And you cover, I mean, you cover, Maybe. I'm going to miss some things here, but there's Marvel things, DC. Oh gosh, there's um, obviously you've got wrestling, you've got uh, He-Man. There's there's literally everything that you could get into. Yeah. All these yeah, Joe Thundercats. Yeah, I mean, yes. Wild per day, if you wanted. To. I mean, yeah. it, it's a lot. It, it has, I think, rap ramped up my collecting too. I mean, I was always collecting wrestling. I was always, but there's been so many new lines since COVID. So yeah, there's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to keep track of for sure. I was going to ask you this too because I'm I'm assuming that there's people that do different reviews and uh, that are on YouTube that. Um, is everything that you're buying for your videos or things that are going into your collection that you want, or do you like, okay, do you get things specifically to review them for the channel or is it some of each? Yeah. Very rarely. I mean, that's what I always say. It's like, uh, I'm not going to review something I don't like. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to take the time and invest in something <laughs> I'm not excited about and stuff. And I've had, you know, every once in a while I get some stuff sent to me and they'll say, Hey, would <laughs> you review this? And you know, most of the time it's stuff I'm into, but everyone, yeah. I'm like literally every day now I get stuff. Hey, would you review this? Would you review this? And I turn that stuff down. It's like, no, like, especially I get some weird stuff. Like a lot of, Hey, you want to, we want to send you this ceiling fan. We want to send you this light system for your house. I, I get weird stuff. Oh, like that. Yeah. As cool as I would love to have this thousand dollar light system for free. I'm just not, my viewers would see through that and say, wait a minute, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is, this is phony. But if it was something, let's say it was something that would help me with my channel, something I'd actually use, maybe I would do it. But I don't get figures uh, that I'm against. I don't get figures to like be negative if that is a thing. I mean, I definitely have some negative reviews out there when something breaks or something goes south. But <laughs> yeah, that's one thing a lot of people do think, oh, do you just get this stuff, review it, then sell it? No, I should sell some stuff. I got <laughs> a whole stack of stuff I need to get rid of, but uh, it's all into the collection. It all has a place and that's kind of where it goes. Sure. And I'm a collector okay. at heart. Yeah, that's that's kind of my thing too. Like I have I have a couple things tucked away, but I'm like I I've sold very very few things in my time. So I'm like I feel like I'm so I'm kind of picky on what I buy to to some extent. Um, I've slowed down a little bit because it's just running out of space. I think is the biggest yeah. thing until I get moved into a larger house where I have a little bit more space to to put things. Yep. Um, but it's yeah, I mean it's one of those things that it's like I think if people people could see through that if it's like okay if you get something yeah and like having an honest take is good because I think people come to a channel like yours for probably a few different reasons I would assume it's okay a entertainment base but b it's like okay if I'm interested in this figure I watch a review to see okay um, what are somebody else's thoughts on it so I mean what kind of feedback do you get on on videos. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much, I would say, 99% positive most of the time. <laughs> Obviously, like anything, you got your usual suspects that kind of comment on stuff. And every once in a while, you get people that, you know, have no idea what they're talking about. You know, it's just, it's crazy stuff. And I always say, you know, it's like people ask me, oh, how you start a YouTube channel? It's funny, the first ever comment I got on YouTube is, is wild. It yeah. was uh, on my tour video, the first one I ever did. The first comment after I uploaded, I hope your house burns down with you and your family in it. I got something. That was the first comment I ever got. 
Which, <laughs> I can't help but laugh at something like that. Is I'm like, wow, this YouTube place is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I just can't imagine being in a space where it's like you just that's that's what you that's what you go to to say it's just like it, it takes effort to say that you would think that you would just leave it alone even if you didn't like the video or whatever it's just like and i said you know it's only up from here there can't be any worse comments than that i kind of i still remember and I, <laughs> I found it funny immediately i mean some people could be offended and say i'm done with this i'm not doing this anymore you know or yeah i just shrugged it off but i always find that funny when people say oh i don't know well here's what my first comment was check this out <laughs> yeah yeah it's a good story to have if nothing else Oh, and, I mean, and you're, you're one thing that, that is really impressive too. And, um, I feel like that's what lots of people struggle with is like, okay, how do I keep on doing things? And I mean, you've been at this for, you know, four years now too. And, and, and the, the volume of stuff that you put over, you've, you've got a video coming up pretty much every day, or maybe it is every single day, but it's, I if, do if it's four videos a day. Okay. And I do, I've done three videos a day the last two years and the last six months I've upped it to four. So. Four. I always say I'm, I'm extremely consistent. I might not be, I was the same way in school. I was the same way how I do it, my work life and stuff. I might not be the smartest. I might not be the best, but nobody will ever outwork me. I'll stay up 24 hours if I have to. And uh, everybody's like, how do you do this grind of figure reviews? I mean, it's a lot when you're doing you know, four videos a day, seven days a week for years. I mean, the weekends <laughs> is where I film. I get up extremely early on Sundays. I put mm -hmm. in the work and I do it and I edit everything. I do it all myself. And uh, it's a lot of hours. I got a pretty uh, high stress, a uh, lot of hours job normally. So the week's pretty tough a lot of times. And I do travel for work and stuff. But, you know, people always say, oh, I don't have time. Like, I guarantee you, nobody's busier than me. There's nobody with my day job and as much as I do here. And then trying to manage the wife, the kids, the animals and everything else in the household. Obviously, my wife is a saint taking my kids to and from school every day and kind of handling the days day in and day out on that stuff. But yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a lot for sure. It's it's I think it's one of those things where yeah, people say that a lot too. And for like the podcast, I'm I'm probably on the the end where I just I do it kind of when I can get guests and get everything lined up. And it, it's not a every week thing. It's probably mm -hmm. twice a month thing. Um, but I feel like when people say like, oh, like, I just don't not to me specifically, but people say this a lot. Oh, they just don't have time. Um, and I feel like that's so rarely the case where it's like, well. I think um, everybody has the same amount of hours in a day. If you work full time, people work, and it's just like, well, I think it's. I, I just that that excuse kind of bothers me a little bit because it's yeah. like if you wanted to do something, you could make it. You could if put you, in the time if nothing yeah, else. Yeah, if you want something bad enough, you'll find the time to do it. I mean, <laughs> you know, if it obviously it's not fun, like going to the gym. I mean, that's something I want to get back. I used to. I mean, I was a gym rat for years and years, and COVID kind of took that away because things got busier with COVID within my work life. Uh, but I need to. I, I, it's my own fault that I don't take, you know, 30 to 45 minutes every morning like I used to to get after the gym like I used to. And, you know, I'm finding time for that. I will find time for that. But, yeah, it's it's easy to have excuses. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, a lot of people say, uh, you know, I oh, I would do a YouTube channel, but I don't have the equipment. And I'm like, well, I use an iPad with iMovie to edit my videos, and I have a like a nine year old cell phone that my wife had, and that's what I film my things on. So, pretty much everybody's got a cell phone. There's very few that don't have one of those, and iMovie's free. So yeah, iMovie's free, and phone like quality is like the, the cameras and stuff. I mean, like at this point, phones have pretty nice cameras, and it's like yeah. you don't need anything fancy. That's what like podcasting too. My setup is probably minimal compared to people that spend lots of money but it's like hey if you can get if you have a laptop i mean only thing you really need i think everyone that does a podcast should have a mic but 
a laptop and a mic, that's really all you have to have. Like you can, of course, you can put in, yeah. um, you, you could use a free program to record it. Probably not the like the best like result, but it's like what I pay for my program is it's like, it's like 15 bucks a month. You can record unlimited audio and video and you can edit it on there too, if you want. Um, I use a different program, but it's like, so you really could spend money, but it's like to get started, just to get something a try. It's like it, the entry point for YouTube and podcasts is really not that high for cost. Not at all. Yeah, it's pretty easy. You just gotta you just gotta put the reps in. That's the thing. You get those ten thousand hours, as they say. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, I think that well, people just like they they look at a finished product when somebody's been doing something for like years. And I've been guilty of this when I've listened to podcasts. There's all these, um, you know, all these sound effects and all this all this stuff they've thrown in there. It's just like how would you even know where to begin? But it's like yeah, you have to put in the time to to learn it, just like anything else. And that's yeah. where it, that's where it ends. And um, video stuff is like, yeah, it's not easy when you start, but it's like if you put the time into it, you're going to figure it out. Yep. Yep. And you get into a rhythm. I mean, one thing that helps me is I don't mess up very often when I record my stuff. I don't like have any flubs or anything. I mean, I speak for a living, so I think that helps <laughs> me. And I've had a lot of hours speaking before I did this. So I think that helps me. I mean, every once in a while I trip over my words like anybody else, but I don't have to do a ton of editing in my videos. I mean, I have to edit in the pictures and the images <laughs> and things like that, but I don't have to be like, oh, I. I messed up this and that. And I think that saves me some time in editing. If I was flubbing lines all the time, it would be a little bit more time consuming. No, definitely. Definitely. No, the, uh, that the channel's been really impressive too. And just like the, I was looking through and I, and I, I watch your, even before I thought about asking you as a, as a, as a guest, I, I've been watching your videos for, for years, but I just went through there just to kind of, um, just see where things have, have gone to. And it just, I mean, I don't know the final count on the videos, but all I know is that my finger was tired scrolling to see how many were actually on there too. So, I mean, it's been, congrats to you and really you put a lot of hard work into that channel and it, it definitely shines through in the videos that you are passionate and care about what you're, yeah. what you're talking about. And, um, and you give, and yeah. you give honest feedback too, which there are, there are channels out there that do not do that either. So that is, I think for, I, I, def, I myself appreciate that for sure. Yeah, you hear us every once in a while get a comment saying, you know, you weren't negative enough. I'm like, but I don't buy something with my own money that I wouldn't like in the first place. And, you know, that yeah, here's a flaw here, but it's not the end of life for me. I mean, I'm I'm pretty positive. I mean, and that's one thing it's funny is like right now I'm in best of mode on my channel. I'm doing all my best of yeah. year end lists and stuff on all these figure lines. And it's funny how the worst figures of the year is always the top video out of all those. It's like people want to see the worst and one of those things you have some channels that say oh my gosh i'm getting clicks and views on the negative i'll just be a negative channel and man i yep. could never do that I, I just couldn't i'm i try to live very positive and stuff and try to look at you know the bright side of stuff i just couldn't do negative videos all day long it just would be no fun no it's just yeah that's that is yeah i just there's enough of like negative things to deal with in life anyways like why surround yourself to things that are you know a side project like this is like why would you, i just don't understand i was yeah, listening yeah, um figures i mean come on <laughs> Right, right. It's supposed to be fun. I mean, yeah. I was listening to a, um, gosh, I'm forgetting the guy's first name, but he does a YouTube show called Comic Tropes. I'm a big comic book fan myself, and um, he had an interview that he was doing with, I believe it was Wolf. Um, it was, it was a comic creator. Anyway, they were talking about like his channel and that he'd been kind of like plateauing in in, uh, in views, and maybe this is a theory. It sounded like he knew what he was talking about too with all of the all the algorithm stuff. I do not understand. Yeah. Me in the slightest and he was going into all this about like how there's things with the algorithm picks up with negativity and stuff too i'm like i don't know if that's real but if that is real that is very bizarre it's like why would you want to 
spread that too. But yeah, there, there's enough of that on YouTube and just in, yeah. on the internet in general. And I'm with you. It's like, talk about the things you like. That's what I think. Yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's, you know, it's a lot of it for me and probably no different than you. It's like stress relief <laughs> from day to day world. It's like, you know, getting away from that for a tiny window a day. Yeah. Well, exactly. And it's just, it's fun to have, I don't know if you feel this way in, you know, my podcast is still pretty new. I started it back in, back in April. So it's still on the new side of things too, but um, it's nice to have something where it's like, I'm totally in, in control of this. Like when I go to work every day, like I'm lucky to have a, a job where it's like, I don't have somebody breathing down my neck. I mm-hmm. kind of make a lot of my own decisions in lots of ways, but I still have a boss and still have all those things. Yeah. I, I like the people I work for, but it's nice to have that thing where it's like, okay, this is kind of my outlet, my thing where I have total control of it. And, you know, and it's supposed to be fun. That's, that's, that's the main thing. Yep. Exactly. Sure. So, um, I know that you've got, been working on a book. So yeah, I want, I'm not sure how much you want to talk about that, if, how, uh, how many details you can share, but um, for anybody that hasn't, hasn't heard this, um, go into your book a little bit for what you can share. And hopefully it should be here in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, there was, uh, you know all about it, but there was a lot of COVID, uh, people getting COVID at the end of last year. And that put a couple <laughs> of week delay on the book a little bit there. Uh, but I've been working kind of behind the scenes. I didn't announce it till a couple of weeks ago, but I've been spending on all the time on my channel and everything. But behind the scenes, I've been putting this book together over the last year. And it is on the WWE Jax Classic Superstars series. So that was a, a series when Jax had the toy line uh, before Mattel, who currently has it. And it really changed. I mean, a, a lot of people say that the old common uh, phrase is that's so Jax. People blame Jax for stuff and things, but we owe a lot to the Jax class superstars line in the action figure world for what they brought and what they changed. And they ushered in what we have from Mattel. They brought that to the table. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of books out there on Hasbro and there's books on the LJNs back in the day, but I, I saw a window in the Jax classic superstars where I feel like I'm an expert. I mean, I, it, when things are all said and done, I'll have a video every single week for over five years on my YouTube channel. I have two years mm-hmm. worth of content in the can already. <laughs> That's up on my Patreon. Uh, but unboxing every single Jax Class Superstars <laughs> video, doing deep dives on it. And a lot of the history of that line is going to be lost because nobody knows it or nobody was collecting in the eye of the storm like I was at the time. So it's a way for me to share some of my stories, uh, share some of the variants and stuff that people don't know about. There's a couple of things with uh, Jeremy Padauer, who's in charge of Jazzwares now. He does the AEW figures. Uh, he was a part of Jax. He was the big wig uh, really ushering this in. We spent time on the book, working on it together in an interview with him in the book as well. And there was a couple of questions that I'm the only one asking it, but there's some certain <laughs> items that, okay, how rare is this? Where did this come from? Give us the true history on this. And some of that's answered in the book here. And, you know, it's like a 400 page book. So it's a big book. Oh, wow. Okay. Knock okay. down if you want to, but it's basically every Jax classic superstar figure Men on card, loose, the story behind them, everything, uh, interviews, things like that. So it's uh, quite the passion project. Um, just something that's, you know, kind of just, I guess that'll be my legacy maybe, or maybe one of them at the end of the day is, hey, uh, there's a lot of collectors that like books. Maybe, you know, you're yourself. Hey, I, I don't like, uh, I don't collect Jack's Class Superstars, but I would like to have a book here and I can <laughs> thumb through and it's kind of like you have the collection as you have the book. You got them in on card, you got them loose, you have everything. So I know I do that. I think there's a lot of collectors out there that way as well. So it's really exciting here to kind of be a, a published author, I guess, whatever way it goes. But yeah, Jack's Classic Superstars, uh, the complete guide to Jack's Classic Superstars should be out here in the next couple of weeks. You know, Amazon will be the place to get it. But I think Barnes & Noble will eventually maybe pick that up as well. And I don't think awesome. Walmart and Target would ever sell a book like that. You know, it's not quite the audience for a Walmart yeah. Target, but 
Amazon's where a lot of that stuff does go and that's where it'll be. And obviously by social medias, all that kind of stuff, I'll be sure I'll do a YouTube video on it. It'll, I'll be pushing real hard here in the next couple of weeks once it comes out. Okay. Okay. No, that's awesome. I didn't know that Jeremy was, um, I know we had talked about that, but you were working on the book. Um, I didn't know that Jeremy was involved in that too. And, um, yeah, he's a very interesting guy too. I, I mean, uh, prior to the book, how many interactions had you had with, with Jeremy Padauer? So it's crazy. It's like, I've loved Jeremy since I, you know, was a kid, uh, collecting class superstars. He was always kind of that mythical figure. And it's weird. I'm not a guy that really wants to meet people. I've never been like, man, I'd really like to meet Bruce Springsteen or something like that. I've just never, I mean, there's a few people like, uh, Lemmy from Motorhead and, uh, Ken Shamrock was one I always wanted to meet, Ultimate Warrior, a few out there. But, uh, if somebody would ask me about a year ago, who, if you could meet anybody, who would it be? I was like, Jeremy Padauer. Everybody's like, who's Jeremy Padauer? You know, the average Joe doesn't know who that is, but just, uh, his business methods, things like that. You know, I'm in the business world and stuff and just some of his ideas and, you know, a lot of it translates over. So I just always wanted to pick his brain. Well, I got the opportunity to go to San Diego Comic-Con this year. <laughs> and of course he's there at the Jazzverse booth up in the top thing. And I got his attention there and got him down, come down. And I mean, we had a great, I mean, he gave me a half hour. We sat there and talked and hugged and <laughs> became lifelong best friends, <laughs> something like that. Uh, but really hit it off. And I said, Jeremy, here's what I've been working on. I, you know, uh, I'd messaged him a few times, but it's hard to message somebody like him to get through, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I obviously made the connection at San Diego Comic Con. He immediately followed me on social media. We started chatting back and forth and stuff. Okay, let's set up an interview. Here's my questions. Here's things I need to know. Uh, Jeremy, do you have any? Because he was so on board. I mean, he is a guy that loves this stuff as well. And he wanted to, uh, you know, document his legacy. A lot of this is kind of uh, yeah. his legacy. I mean, he created all this. So, to get it from the horse's mouth, you know, in Jeremy and to get some behind the scenes pictures and some creation stuff and how the line came to fruition and his original <laughs> hand drawing of what the packaging design would be like. I mean, so many fun things like that. And then he was so really honored. It was cool to see how touched he was that somebody would spend the time to document all this. So he's a big supporter and now we can officially call him a good friend of the channel. <laughs> yeah, he's, he has such an interesting story too. I think like the, the Jack's line is a really special, um, like I guess, piece of history too with just for anybody that doesn't kind of know that the story of the jack superstars um our classic superstars line um at that point in time like they really didn't celebrate you know wrestlers from the past right so yep. not knowing that i can remember that anything that had really come out so that was really like the the opening of all that where now it's, it's all about nostalgia we've got legends lines we've got all these sorts of things and i think yeah. like, and that's how, where it started yeah. It started with him doing that. And then chase figures. There was no real chase figures. And he brought in the one of fives, the one of 20, one of 100s and things like that. And I mean, it's a wild story. You think he was at Mattel just, you know, working at Mattel. And at 26 year old, 26 years old, Jax took him away. He became <laughs> vice president in charge of all of WWE and having meetings with Fitz McMahon and all that kind of stuff. Just wild to think, uh, you know, just crazy. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's those, those, those few special people that come along that are just like, yeah, let's, I mean, I'm thinking of myself because I'm 26 right now, yeah. just like do accomplishing those type of things. I'm like, I can't even really wrap my head around them at, at all. So yeah, Jeremy's definitely a special guy and he's uh, been very successful. And I think you know, his... it's funny as we had the discussion because I, I had a pretty big role when I was 30 uh, for my <laughs> day job and I had a little bit of imposter syndrome. I mean, I don't know if you've heard of that, where you just felt like, wait, I shouldn't be here. Everybody else that has this job's 50 plus, and I'm 30 years old, you know? And it was very, it's a weird thing. And he had a little of that too. I don't know if he had it the same degree I did, but you felt like, oh, they're going to figure me out. I shouldn't have this job. 
yeah. Money. Hey. It was funny, and you and you grow into it. It takes you know six months or whatever, and then bam, you know what you're doing. You you're all running, but just very interesting conversation for sure around the book. Yeah, definitely. He's he's someone that I could listen like every time I see a, a Jeremy interview of any sorts. Um, I go out of my way to to listen or read that too because he's just such an interesting guy, and he just has a has a way with with uh, people and telling stories too that he is just for some reason just finding so fascinating. Yeah, he's got some good stories in the book that you'll see uh, in the book about his first experience with wrestling and how he got into wrestling and fandom and just kind of his whole story arc. So it's pretty fun. No, he even leaves us with a nice little Easter egg at the end of the interview that uh, blew my mind. And I guess we'll save that for the book. Okay, no, I'm looking forward to to reading that. I'm gonna definitely be picking that uh, picking that up. I, I was at the point where I, I kind of um, I was into classics. So what was the first year that that classics came out? I'm forgetting. It was oh four. Oh four. Okay. So you were too old. I mean, you and you would have been like, okay, who is uh, Johnny Rods? Right. <laughs> like, right. Who is this? So I remember getting like, you know, I, I was, and at that point, like, it's not like obviously now where you could, um, you know, just go on the the on Peacock and watch everything from the past. To I was definitely the the kid that at the video stores. I grew up in a small town in Minnesota. We still had a couple stores, but. You know, like the selection's probably not what it would be elsewhere. And, uh, but there was, they had some classic tapes and I rented the same tapes about 50,000 times. Yeah. And, you know, and they just like, you know, they'd get a new one every once in a while and it'd be like a random, you know, WrestleMania 12 that all of a sudden just popped up for no reason. Um, yep. I, I have fond memories as a little kid. There was a old NWA, it was called Night of the Skywalkers. And it was uh, the Midnight Express versus uh, the Road Warriors on the scaffold match. I remember just being like a six-year-old kid. Like, I rented that thing a hundred times. And it wasn't yeah. even that great of a match. But just like them fighting up in the air like yeah. that. This yeah. is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. But same thing, going to the video store, just read the same thing a million times. I wish that there was, I personally like miss the, I miss that aspect of it too where it's nice to have everything where you can just go and it's like, oh, I want to watch this match and you can find it if it's, you know, there's even even stuff from like Japan and like, OK, you could find that stuff online somewhere, um, even if it's not, you know, like obviously New Japan is New Japan world. They've got a lot of stuff there, but um, you could find it somewhere. But I kind of I kind of miss that. Well, even though I was probably towards the tail end of the VHS and then, you know, into the DVDs and stuff. But um, there's something about like getting a new tape or getting a new DVD or getting stuff that you, it's just not as easily accessible. So it almost made it special like now i I still go watch all this stuff but it's it's always there when i was in high school i was tape trading and you know just like early aol chat rooms you know like (laughs) early internet type stuff and i'm just a little teenager and somehow or another i came across a guy in japan that wanted wrestling from america and i wanted wrestling from japan (laughs) and we became friends and we tape traded vhs tapes back and forth and i remember being in high school all my buddies you've got to see this and it was the terry funk uh, Cactus Jack uh, Deathmatch from Japan, oh, bringing that wow. over. I mean, I was yeah. a huge Terry Funk, and we had never seen anything like that. I mean, everybody no. sees that stuff now, but I, I can't even explain like being 14 years old when that came out, and you, there yeah. was no internet, so there was no real clips of it or anything. I mean, there was, but not that we saw. And to watch that video is what's your friend group like? Yeah. What the heck is this? What is like, just wild and all that stuff. And then getting a uh, virtual pro wrestling two for the Nintendo 64 <laughs> was such a big moment. My friends and I, we couldn't believe it. Cause it was like the no mercy revenge games, but with like double the roster and <laughs> more matches, more things you could do. I mean, I, I missed that like excitement and you're exactly right. You know, now we have everything in your hand. It's just not the same though. It's weird. 
Yeah, and it's I think it was it's that way with figures. I think a little bit too, where it's like there's and you know, so I was born ninety seven. The internet was a thing. I just wasn't I wasn't on the internet as a kid, like not yeah. not even remotely too. Like there's, I think we got the internet when I was twelve. Like lots of houses had at that point. We were kind of on the tail end of that too. So I had no idea what was coming out like figure wise either. Yeah. So you know, growing up, so I lived um, an hour so our um east of fargo where we would go and there was a toys r us there too and just like the like you mentioned this before as, as being a kid and being in the toy aisle um just a full section of i mean i was into other stuff but talking wrestling specific too and you had no idea what you'd find it's just there was just wall to wall of figures and i miss that feeling that would be yeah. able to just it's like be surprised every once in a blue moon there's a surprise that comes through yeah i mean just one and it's such a shocking thing and uh, mm-hmm. there's been a couple of times over the last couple of years maybe it was a mcfarland toy or whatever that <laughs> nobody had said anything about and all of a sudden you walk in a store and there it is it's so rare i mean it's like winning the lottery but there's something so magical about that just not knowing what could possibly be there. That was such a fun thing. It's kind of gone now. I mean, you'd, you'd still have it, but it's not the same. No, and now it's like, the, the only equivalent of that now is like you see pictures from Toy Fair, you know, like whatever, things like yeah. that. It's like, but it's, you don't get to go home with it, display it, all those yeah. things. But um, yeah, I don't think there's any any coming back from that, but they are they are good memories that kids at this point just will never understand, I don't think, you know. Never so, get it. So, okay, well, uh, as far as like wrestling now, what what are you keeping up with as far as wrestling goes now that we're into the year twenty twenty four? What do you? How much do you keep up? Yeah, I keep up, I and mean, that's when I edit most of my videos during while I'm watching that stuff. So I <laughs> I don't know if I could sit and watch wrestling without multitasking, be it my day job or editing. But it's a nice thing to have in the background. You don't have to be glued to it, but you can have yeah. it going, and that's kind of how I do it. But I watch everything AEW, I watch everything WWE, <laughs> and then uh, I try to watch Impact, I guess going back to TNA now, so I usually have that on, on Thursday nights. <laughs> um, and then once the blue moon, I'll watch like an MLW or something like that. But I don't do any of the Japan stuff anymore. Uh, you know, after the all Japan stuff, kind of all those guys kind of went away. I just kind of fell out of it. So I got enough, obviously, in America to keep me busy. And then uh, I do hit indie shows on a fairly regular basis in my area, too. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty much into it. I, all of my friends are that I grew up with really aren't into it at all anymore. And it's like they're not crazy passionate, like believing it's like real and stuff. But uh, I still follow along. Sure. It's yeah, we're at the point now where there's like you could you can spend i think every waking every waking moment watching something current that is so hard yeah. to like keep up on you know like you said just the stuff in america alone and you've got stuff and like i wish i had more time to watch stuff in you know mexico and like almost i don't know what following. i would do if i had like a wwe network when i was a kid i mean i would have literally <laughs> never left the house i never would have i mean i would have just watched 24 7 that's all i would have done yeah, I remember saying that too to I don't know, my wife or my might have been my mom when I was talking about wrestling when I first like when the network kind of first came out and um, I don't think I got it until when it, when it came out in like thirteen or fourteen. I think I got it in like fifteen. So at, at that point, I was still like a very end of what was my last year of high school. I think is when I got it. Um, so at that point, it's like yeah, like if I was six to 12 years old and I would have had this, this would have been not a good thing because I would yeah. have done nothing else. Yeah, I would have been the most pale kid ever and I would have been malnutrition because I'd never go upstairs to get something to eat. I mean... I know, that that, that would have seriously, that seriously would have been... Because if I was willing to... There were times where, yeah, like going back to the tapes where I think I'm pretty sure I had like a, you know, like a Royal Rumble or something and watched it all in one day and I think that thing went right back in the next day, watched it again. Like that, yeah. and that was a common occurrence. Yep, sure. 100%. 100%. Um, 
All right, Kyle, well, we've been very generous with your time, especially with our um, our uh, first take of this podcast. So I'm going to let you go here. But before we get out of here, where can people uh, find you online and where, they, where can they go to support you? Yeah, there's all kinds of places. So if you uh, search at Kyle Peterson, I think it's Kyle Peterson 1980 on, on YouTube, you'll find my YouTube channel. But there's also Kyle Peterson 2.0. So you can search that. I got two YouTube channels, videos every single day over there. Uh, you can find me on Patreon. Search Kyle Peterson if you want even more bonus content. And then, of course, social media, Sir Paul 64 on the X and then the underscore Kyle underscore Peterson on uh, threads. If anybody uses that, I don't know. And on Instagram out there. So you can find me. If you search my name and action figures, you'll find me out there somewhere. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Kyle, for making this making this happen and for all the time you gave uh, gave me today. Appreciate it. At some point, we'll have to have you back on uh, if you've got anything cool coming up in the future. So we got the book today. If there's more things, we'd love to. Love to have you back on, that's for sure. I got a few things in the works for later this year, so that might be a good thing. Awesome, awesome. Thank you very much, Kyle. Thank you.